five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Geshet samiot, viaika lo
Ancient people's home, city to love, the city that I breathe, city that I don't want to leave. Oh, Jerusalem, you're in my heart, Jerusalem, you're in my mind. Jerusalem, I love you so. Jerusalem, you're in my heart, Jerusalem, you're in my mind, Jerusalem, I love you so.
Can I please be close to you? Let the light shine through each and every day. I need you next to me. Oh, Father, please. Can you sit with me and stay? When things are difficult, it's you I trust. I know it will be okay. Okay. All the thoughts inside my mind. When it starts to cave in. When the water starts to rise. And the ground is shaking. I stop myself and realize. I put my faith in you, you're always by my side, there's nothing else besides you, your love's there the whole time, it's right there shining within you, Like a father loves his son All else to pursue just isn't true It's a game that can't be won Knowing your love's always there No matter who or where And can never be undone Oh All the thoughts inside my mind When it starts to cave in When the water starts to rise And the ground is shaking Stop myself and realize I put my faith in I need to know that you will always get my back Went to India, Tibet Now I'm stuck inside my head I need a guiding hand to show me the plan I've just been winging it and that ain't no fun to do 
all my life I've blurred the line My vision's gone, I've paid the price Please just let me see a light It's in my face, the flashing light. Yeah, all I need to do is look, and I will fall. You're always by my side. There's nothing else beside you. Your love's there the whole time. It's right there, shining within you. 
ovinu ovorachamon. Hamerachim rachim oleinu. Vesim belibeinu lehovinu leyaskin lishmoya lilmoidu
Okay, Sally, let's go over the plans. You're going to the bank, and you'll tell them, stick them up. Should I take out the guns first? Should I take out the guns first? Dummy! Certainly you take out the guns first. No, not here in the street. When you get to the bank, you take out the guns and you say, stick them up. Stick them up. Now, I got, it. I got it. When you got all of them stuck up, you'll take out the shopping bag from Corvettes. You'll give it to the teller and tell him to fill it up, please. You'll take the bag of money, you'll tell everybody that's stuck up that they shouldn't move for five minutes because you've got the place surrounded by me. You'll back out of the door, I'll be waiting for you in the car. That's it. And believe me, you got the easy job and I got the dangerous job. You got the dangerous job? I'm going in there alone with two guns against six guards and all those people, and I'm going to tell them to stick them up and fill it up and back out of the bank while you're sitting in the car, and you got the dangerous job? Certainly I got the dangerous job. I can drive. One of my favorites. I think you know that, that it's one of my favorites. The Great Bank Robbery, which is... A Purim, or I should say Adar classic for us here at JM and the Abe. Someone, someone actually stopped me over Shabbos, and I was a little surprised because they were they were in the uh, 20 to 30 age range. I was a little surprised, telling me how much they love the comedy segments. That was a big boost for us <laughs> and the JM and the AM tradition, frankly. Yair Rosenberg with Yadid Nefesh. You heard Atayim Adi done by Uri Davidi. Yaakov Shweki, brand new with Vaha Air. Purim, brand new by Yoni Z. Danny Palgon with brand new music close to you. Jerusalem with Dove Halpern and Kihu Toe from Dove. Uh, DJ Kraz and Betsy Marcus together with the brand new Modaani. Barry Weber had Achitov. Lola Fahed, brand new from Yoel Weiss. And of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Tuesday, 28th of February, final day of February 2023, day number seven in the month of Adar. Yes, today is Zion Adar, birthday and yard site of uh, Moshe Rabbeinu. Keep that in mind. I don't know if officially... Let me see if I'm right or wrong. I don't know if officially... Um... No, officially we don't uh, alter our tachron or anything like that, at least according to the Luach. So a regular, um, so to speak, normal tefillah, but we do, of course, have many commemorations uh, around the world for the yard site of Moshe Rabbeinu. Those of you in the New York, New Jersey area, I hope you've uh, survived the uh, one-time very strong storm about 8, 9 o'clock last night. It was coming down like crazy. Be careful out there. Could be some uh, slippery conditions as you walk and as you drive. Uh, but a lot of people around this country, around the United States, are really suffering from uh, an incredible array of of snow and rough weather. So let's continue to uh, thank God if we're in relatively safe conditions. Thinking of, or I should say, speaking of thanking God, The theme from yesterday continues, especially in lieu of the uh, more recent news from Israel. And I remind everybody here in the United States, as we 
are in the aftermath of what was supposed to be a day of hate. And in fact, it probably was a day of hate. Just thank God it didn't manifest itself in, a, uh, in any type of uh, physical or actual manner. Um, as we are in the aftermath of the day of hate, let us remember that our brothers and sisters in Israel are surrounded by a day of hate every day. Keep that in mind, and let's not forget it. More coming up, JM and the AM for a Tuesday morning broadcast. Gorf is going to join us. The Koran Tanakh graphic novel, Esther, is out. He and uh, a great team are responsible for it. We'll speak with him coming up here at JM and the AM. And uh, plenty more on a Tuesday, including our uh, Yeshiva League sports update and uh, plenty of great music, a whole lot of stuff. Who knows? Who knows what will happen between now and 9 o'clock? And just keep it here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and uh, we will spend the morning together right here at JM in the AM with this brand-new one from 8th Day. Precious, one of a kind Yet so many ways are making me blind Under the surface, hidden behind Facades and filters So I live in the moment, I open my eyes All of the beauty won't pass me by Life is much more than comments and likes Approval from strangers When you're lost and out of touch There's more to you than what the screen will show I look up and see There's a big world made for me It's my life and it's my life that's worth living You can free your mind It's your life, and it's your life that's worth living. Just leave it all behind and look up. Don't be afraid to put it away. Life is worth more than a picture could say. All of the best things can't be erased. They're yours forever If you feel alone and not enough When you're lost and out of touch There's more to you than what the screen will show I look up and see There's a big world made for me It's my life and it's my life Your mind by the power deep inside It's your life and it's your life that's worth living Just leave it all behind and look up Fuck. 
Sobe oi se, oi se via se, oi oi ve, oi ve vie. Sobe oi se, oi se via se, oi oi ve, oi ve vie. Asher Bechol Espoah 
J.M. in the A.M. Espoir done by uh, Eitan Katz. Before that, you heard uh, Ani Mamin from Nachas. Gershon Veroba's Man to Man, Look Up, brand new from 8th Day. And uh, we are at the uh, 7 a.m. mark on a Tuesday at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, and the AlchemSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galates on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. It's Tuesday. Means are by David Hertzberg with Israel at 75, coming up at 9 a.m. Eastern time. If you want to know more and more and more about modern Jewish history, especially as it relates to the state of Israel and its founding, make sure to be tuned in right after JMM for a very interesting edition of Israel at 75 with our by David Hertzberg. It's coming up here on NSN. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. We say Boker Tov from JMM. הפרעות בחווארה, חבר הכנסת משה סעדה מהליכוד אומר לי, אייל דן, המדינה חייבת לקחת אחריות ולפצות את האנשים שם. מי שצריך לקחת אחריות על האירוע זה מדינת ישראל. היא הריבון שם כרגע, היא צריכה לקחת אחריות לפצות, היא חייבת לפצות אחריות שלה, ואני מצפה מהמדינה לקחת אחריות. אילן גנלס, בן 27, אזרח אמריקני ישראלי שנרצח אמש בפיגוע הירי בבקעת הירדן, יובל עם נוחות מחר בשעה אחת בבית העלמין הישן קלאוזנר ברעננה, ידיעה שמסר כתבנו שחר גליק. הצעת חוק עונש מוות למחבלים בקואליציה בוחנים מתן חופש הצבעה על הצעת החוק מחר, בניגוד לרצונו של השר בן גביר. כתבנו הפוליטי יובל שגב, שדיווח על כך הבוקר, מוסיף שבסיעות החרדיות קיים קושי הלכתי להצביע בעד החוק, אך ישראל ביתנו מהאופוזיציה צפויה להצביע בעדו, ולחוק צפוי רוב. חברי הכנסת צביקה פוגל מעוצמה יהודית התייחס למשבר בין סיעות הקואליציה והעביר אצל אמיר בר שלום פרישה מהקואליציה לא על הפרק, בטח לא בחודשים הקרובים. הקו האדום שלנו זה לוותר על השלטון, לוותר על הנוכחות בממשלה ועל האפשרות להשפיע וליישם, אם לא את כל ההבטחות שהבטחנו, אז את רובן. אף אחד שלא ינסה לראות איך אנחנו שוברים את המערכת הממשלתית או פורשים ממנה, זה לא יקרה, בטח לא היום, לא מחר ולא בחודשים הקרובים. אנחנו לוקחים אוויר וממשיכים לנסות להביא את כל מה שהבטחנו לציבור. 
כוחות הביטחון הרסו היום שני בתים בבעלות פלסטינית במזרח ירושלים, אחד בשכונת ג'בל מוקאבר והשני בכפר עיסאוויה. תחפורים מלווים באבטחה כבדה ביצעו את ההריסה, וקודם לכן התבקשו יושבי הבתים לפנותם. הבתים נהרסו באישור בית משפט בנימוק שנבנו ללא היתר חוקי, ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לעניינים ערביים ג'קי חוגי. כתב אישום הוגש נגד מוחמד טוויל, תושב ירושלים בשנות ה-20 לחייו, הנאשם שביצע עבירות אינוס, מעשה מגונה וכליאת שווא של צעירה. טוויל, שעבד בניקיון שירותים ציבוריים בגן הסוס בירושלים, נעל את מתחם השירותים וביצע באישה עבירות מין. רק לאחר חצי שעה אפשר לה לצאת מהמקום והורה לה שלא לספר על מעשיו. כתובתנו בבירה נועה ברנס מוסיפה כי הפרקליטות ביקשה מבית המשפט להורות על מעצרו עד תום ההליכים. מקרה אלימות נוסף במערכת החינוך, מורה הותקף על ידי הורה בתיכון החקלאי זמר. הוגשה תלונה במשטרה, והמורה הסובל מפגיעות קלות פונה לקבלת טיפול רפואי. ידיעה שריכזו כתבינו אדם פראג' ויובל מילר. מזג האוויר חם מהרגיל עד שרבי. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Thank 
JM in the AM with the New York Boys Choir. He Bill Poor, uh, a Purim selection in this month of Adar here at JM in the AM. Shalshelis Jr. before that with Tenli Yad. You heard Zusha with Pashut. Imeshkachech done by Moshe Kunstler. And this is a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM. Final day of February, 7th of Adar. It is the art site of Moshe Rabbeinu. Lots of uh, ice and uh, slippery conditions outside in the New York, New Jersey area. Be careful as you drive and as you walk. Good tip for the day. Elliot Weiselberg has our Yeshiva League sports update every single Tuesday at 7.20 a.m. Eastern Time. Here he is with the Yeshiva League sports update at JM in the a.m. Thanks, Nachum. The days are ticking down to the 2022-2023 Winter Finals, and two matchups are already set. Straight ahead on the Tuesday morning JM and the AM Sports Update, JV Hockey and JV Girls Basketball are gearing up for their big games. Varsity Hockey and Varsity Girls Basketball will get there tomorrow night, and JV and Varsity Boys Basketball will take their time as their final is almost three weeks away. All that and more good morning. I'm Elliot Weisselberg. JV Hockey is the first boys league to have its championship matchup set. The 2023 final will feature the same teams as the 2022 final, the TABC Storm and DRS Wildcats. The Storm reached the big game by upending North Shore 8-1. For DRS, the road was a bit more treacherous. The Wildcats took on SAR last night following the Sting 7-3 thrashing of Flatbush in the quarters, and for most of the game, it looked as if they were primed for an upset. However, three goals in the final six minutes of the game would spell the downfall for the Sting, as sophomore Yitzi Yudin's game winner helped DRS to a 4-2 win and another championship appearance. The championship will be Sunday, March 12th, location to be determined. Varsity Hockey will be next as both semifinals take place tomorrow night. TABC, the number one seed, will take on number five, SAR. The Sting advanced following a 7-1 upset over YDE, the only hosting quarterfinalist to lose in the first round. The Sting and Storm split the regular season series, with each winning on the other's home court. In the other semifinal, number two, DRS, will host number three, Frisch. DRS shut out rival Hafter 5-0 in their quarterfinal matchup, and will get a shot at redemption against the Cougars, who shut them out 4-0 in DRS during the regular season. Much like JV, a repeat of last year's championship is still in play, but would take victories from TABC and Frisch to set that up. In basketball, Girls JV becomes the first to know its finalists, as SAR and Frisch both took massive wins in the semis and will meet up in a rematch of last year's semifinal contest, won by the eventual champion Cougars. Frisch has continued its dominance, winning both games over the Sting this season. In varsity, the semifinals are set, as Frisch will host Hafter tonight, and SKA will take on Flatbush tomorrow night. Moving over to boys, in varsity, the full set of semifinals will be determined tonight. At 7.45, West No. 2 SAR hosts East No. 3 DRS with the winner to take on East No. 1 North Shore, 59-49 winners over JEC. In the other side of the bracket, West No. 1 Frisch takes on East No. 4 Flatbush with Mag and David waiting in the wings after drubbing TABC 59-46. Finally, in boys JV, TABC and SAR advanced to the semis, where they will meet this Thursday. SAR advanced with an overtime upset over DRS, while TABC dominated Hefter. Ramaz ended North Shore's bid for a repeat last night, defeating the Lions 51-46, and await the winner of last night's contest between East No. 1 Mag and David and West No. 5 Frisch.
Championship Sunday is drawing ever closer in all leagues, and the Yeshiva Sports Network is the only place to experience the hockey and basketball finals. For the third time, YSN will be streaming all four championships with myself and an all-star cast of coaches and athletes breaking down each contest. With views reaching into the five figures, it's a prime opportunity for you to become a sponsor, just like Yeshiva League Pass. For more information on sponsorship, please reach out to YLSWiseGuy at gmail.com. That's YLSWiseGuy. S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y at gmail.com. Stay tuned to YLP for all up-to-date playoff information, then watch on YSN as our 2022-2023 Winter Champions are crowned. And that was your Tuesday morning jam in the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weisselberg.
all the attributes of Mashiach Tzitkenu. Ruach Hashem, Spirit of Hashem. Ruach Chochma Ubina. Ruach Eitzah Ogvura. Ruach Das Ve'iras Hashem. And even though these words are really speaking about Mashiach, we daven for it. In Shalash Regalim, we take out the Sefer Torah. We have a special Yerot song. Rebbein HaShalaylam. And we say, V'yizkayim Bono Mikrash that all the attributes that are shaykh to Mashiach should really be shaykh to us. That when Mashiach comes, he's going to recognize his people because we have the same attributes as him. But you know, there's an interesting minhag. And Motzi Shabbos, when you say, V'yitein l'cha, there's a minhag you're supposed to say it with somebody else. Don't say it by yourself. Say it with somebody else. Why? Because V'yitein l'cha, all the brachos that we're asking for, all the parnasa, the shefa of the week, if I sit with somebody else and I say, V'yitein l'cha, what am I saying? I'm saying, V'yitein l'cha, Hashem should give you. Not me, forget me. Hashem should give you. And the other guy is sitting there, he's saying what? No, 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 V'yitein l'cha, Hashem should give you. Ah. The nachas, the Kodesh Baruch who gets from that. Singing two yidin, davening for each other. We spoke about this last time we were here, live in Jerusalem too. About the chashivas of davening for each other. And I was thinking in that spirit, in that ruach. Benacha, not a lie, a love, and him. All of the Ruach Hashem, Ruach Chachma Ubina. Benacha, a love, not me, him. I want him to have those special things. And the guy sitting next to you is saying, no, 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 Benacha, a love, and him, and him, not me. So in him, so you have 1,200 people in here davening for each other at the same time. So let's all daven together. Let's sing it one more time. Have somebody else in mind. Venacha a love, not a lie. He didn't don't speak like that. A lie. A love. Say everyone together. Give me, give me a really good harmony on the ruach. All right. Follow me. I venacha love. Even louder than that. Pretty amazing, Eitan Katz, live version of Anacha. Tuesday morning broadcast, JM and the M for this final day of February, day seven 
in the month of Adar, Zion Adar, the yard side of Moshe Rabbeinu. Thanks for joining us here at JM and the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonish Masarav, Zev Ben Rebbe and Zechonish Esther Bas Rebbe Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn that Rabbi Yeshua Ben Hananya kissed the stone that he sat on and said, This stone is compared to Harsinai, and the one who sat on it is comparable to the Aaron Abris. He testified on himself that his two arms were like the Atzechayim, the pillars of the Sefer Torah, and he was Mushlam, complete in Torah and Mitzvos. Moshe Rabbeinu asked that Rebbe Eliezer should be one of his descendants. What was his beginning? Interesting, his father had many fields. Rebbe Eliezer helped to plow the fields. One day, his father found himself crying, and he said to him, Maybe you're crying because the field is too full of rocks. I'll give you easier fields to plow. Rebbe Eliezer sat, and he was still crying. When his father asked him, Why are you crying? He said he wants to learn Torah. His father said to him, You're 28 years old. Marry a wife, have children, and they will learn Torah. Rebbe Eliezer went for two weeks and barely ate a morsel. Elioa Novi appeared to him and said, Ben Horkinus, why are you crying? Rebeliezer said, Because I want to learn Torah. Elioa Novi told him, If you want to go to learn Torah, go to Yerushalayim, to the great Rebbe Yochanan ben Zakkai. Eliezer went to the yeshiva. He found Rebbe Yochanan ben Zakkai and he sat and cried. Why are you crying? Because I want to learn Torah. Rabbi Yochanan asked him, Who is your father? But Eliezer didn't answer. Did you learn Kriyashma? Did you learn how to say Birchas Samozon or how to Davin? All of the answers came back in the negative. Stand up and I will teach you. Rabbi Eliezer cried again. Why are you crying, asked Rabbi Yochanan? Because it is Torah that I want to learn. At that point, Rabbi Yochanan taught him two halachos every day and Rebbe Lezer would have reviewed it. So it was, the Rebbe Lezer began to grow and become a Godel Ador. Soon, he expounded Torah, and his face was shining like the sun. Rebbe Yochanan kissed the great Rebbe Lezer on his head and said, Ashrechem, Avram, Yitzchok, Yaakov, Happy are you, O forefathers, Shietzezeh, Mechalatzechem, that this wonderful student of Torah this beacon of light came from you. If a person should ever give up, despair, or think it's too late, maybe an individual thinks they did too many averas, too many sins, and they can't do tshuva, they can't repent. There's no way to make up for all the lost time that I didn't learn. Rebbe Eliezer Hagadol, who didn't even know how to say Shema, comes to tell us we can begin with whatever one can, at any point in time, it's never too late. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
אשר ישלטו היהודים, אשר ישלטו היהודים, אימו בסייניהם, נפח ונפחו, אשר ישלטו היהודים, אשר ישלטו היהודים, אימו בסייניהם.
J.M. and the A.M. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Don't forget you can save 10% at the Abels and Hyman website when you use promo code radio. Go to kosherdogs.net, kosherdogs.net, and try A&H today. Ben Sion Klatsko and company with Yigdal here at J.M. and the A.M. Before that, you heard the... Uh, you heard the... Um, chew us, not chew us, I'm in a done by Yehuda Green. That was by request on our app. 
excuse me, on our app. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Happy, uh, happy 46th wedding anniversary to Yitzhak and Malka Hinda Auerbach. Uh, that comes from the great Yaakov Auerbach. Uh, wishing you lots of Simcha and Nachas from the entire family, the Schiff, Dunn, Tarkel, Taub, and Arbach families until 120. Admei of Esrim tonight's, or I should say today's morning chizuk, in addition to our usual uh, tributes, in addition to our usual um, commemorations, our usual dedications, was in honor of the yard site of Mechol ben Chaim, Chaim excuse me, Mechol uh, ben Chaim, Mechol ben Chaim. And um, and we thank the Auerbach family and wish them a very, very happy anniversary. JM and the AM, we're about 15 minutes away from speaking with Jordan B. Gorfinkel. He's responsible for the brand new Koren Tanakh graphic novel, Esther. Uh, it's the Magerman edition. We get a chance to speak with Gorf coming up right here at JM and the AM. Again, that'll be happening... Uh, That'll be happening. Give me a second. I'll think of it. Right. Eight o'clock. <laughs> Eight o'clock Eastern time right here at JM the AM. Meanwhile, here's Gershon Varoba.
I'm 
Good life, but it's the end. Where is my son Simo that came to see me from California? Hello, Papa. Goodbye, Simo. Simo, <laughs> my son, it's the end. Don't say that, Papa. It's not the end. Even at the end, my own son is telling me what to say. <laughs> Simo, my boy, believe me, it's the end. All right, Papa, I believe you. It's the end. Simo, I liked it better when you were arguing with me. <laughs> Papa, is there anything I can get for you? Yes. One thing before I go, I would like one piece of Mama's delicious apple strudel. It's my last wish. I'll get it for you, Papa. What else could a man want but the taste of Mama's apple strudel on his lips when he goes? I'm a lucky man. I'm back, Papa. Oh, good. The apple strudel. No, Papa. I didn't get it. Mama says you can't have any. What do you mean? Can't have any. She said the strudel is for after the funeral. <laughs> One of, one of the absolute best Adar 
comedy segments at America's one and only Jewish moments of the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Jordan B. Gorfinkel is with us live via telephone, the Magerman Edition Koren Tanakh graphic novel, Esther, is now available. And the Gorf, who's uh, one of the most talented people we know, is uh, one of the people, certainly the writer and producer of this incredible creative team that is responsible for this brand new release. Gorf, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Boker Tov, how's Uppsala College treating you these days? <laughs> Wonder how many people listening even get that reference. Did you did you hear that comedy segment? I don't know if you were able to hear it through the uh, connection here. I didn't have to hear it. All I heard was your laughing afterwards, and that was enough to make me realize that it was a great comedy segment. Well, I appreciate that, but did you hear it or not? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh, you didn't hear it? Okay. It was one of the one of the best ones you could imagine. I, uh, I'm in the mood. I'm in the month of Adar mood, Gorf. What can I tell you? It's one of the reasons I loved looking at your Koran Tanakh graphic novel. It's getting me in the mood for one week from today. You know, one week from today, we're going to be celebrating Purim, Gorf. Could you imagine? One week is a very long time in Adar time. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot going on. What, are you, you're traveling like crazy now with uh, promoting this uh, brand new offering, right? Yeah, yeah. I, when I was doing the original Passover Haggadah graphic novel, I used to joke that I'm the only person who was celebrating Pesach all year round because right. during the three years of preparation on that project, I was living and breathing Pesach. I used to take Haggadot to Shoal in the <laughs> middle of August. And people are looking at me like, really? You didn't have enough matzah back and, then? You and I remember the last time we spoke, I told you about what I what I said that time to my wine rib when he finished writing the Kiddus. I, I said to him, boy, it must have been really rough having to read Kiddus and study Kiddus 12 months in a year. <laughs> you know, at, least, at least you had to celebrate Purim uh, for that entire time, thank God. That's true. That's true. I can't complain. Uh, it's going to be even better next year because next year is a Shanamu Barrett, so we have an extra month. That's right. Our. That's right. Very early Hanukkah coming up, folks. I actually looked at the December calendar. Very early Hanukkah in December. And as Gorf just mentioned, the period of time between the beginning of Adar and Purim is going to be quite a stretch as we have two months of Adar next year. I had a funny story, by the way, with your Haggadah because uh, I was at the Sfarim sale with my son a few Saturday nights ago, and a gentleman walks up to me and he says, oh, you know, I'm originally from Montreal, and I, you know, I got to New York uh, 25 years ago, and I was playing with the radio dial looking for a specific show, and I ended up at 91.1, you know, one of, one of the, thank God, many stories out there of people who discovered JMNAM, and he became a fan, and he started buying Jewish music, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and he's holding the um, the book that Rabbi David Bashevkin did, I don't know if you ever saw his book on, uh, like, top top 10 lists of different things. And I said to oh, I, I, I'm familiar with Rabbi Bashevkin, but yeah. not that book specifically. So, yes, yeah, so he has a book about, you know, top 10 or, or top five, I think it was, that he wrote from a list that he wrote for Mishbacha magazine. Very tongue in cheek, humorous list that he wrote every week for every other week for Mishbacha magazine. Anyway, it was in book form. So I say to the gentleman, I said, funny enough, you're holding that book and I'm in that book. You know, because Rabbi, Rabbi Bashevkin references me at a wedding in that book. Okay, fine. Small talk. About five minutes later, I see the same gentleman on the other side of his farm sale, and he's holding your Haggadah. And I said, you're not going to believe this. I'm in that <laughs> book as well. It was just hilarious, I'll tell you. So then this uh, incredible Koran Tanakh graphic novel, Esther, comes out. And I'm saying to myself, is it the same format as what you did with the Haggadah? 
And I'm very curious what your answer to that question is. I can tell you as a reader, it has a different feel to it. This has more of a of a continuous story being told in cartoon and fun form as opposed to some of the, I don't know, um, more... Um, uh, I, I don't want to say tongue-in-cheek, but I don't know. The, the Haggadah had a, had a different approach. Am I right or wrong? Well, you're right. Well, you're always right. You're never wrong. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, the format is the same in that our modus operandi, our operating principle on the uh, Jewish graphic novels is to have the unabridged text, the right. complete Hebrew, and then a modern translation that is embedded into the sequential storytelling, the comics, the graphic novel pages, which are facing the Hebrew text. Right. That has not changed. Right. The approach to how we then do the graphic novel pages has to be specific to the material. And the Megillah is an outlier when it comes to books of Tanakh right. because – it is really a palace intrigue. It's Shakespearean. Right. It's a Greek tragedy. Right. It's it's uh, uh, it's humorous. It's, and, it's dark. And, and to be fair, to be fair, it is told in story form. In other words, there is a beginning, middle, and end to the story. The Haggadah is not really a story. There are parts of it that operate as a story, but it's a different type of format. Yes, very, very true. That people think that when you look at the, excuse me, when you read the Haggadah, that you are reading essentially the Exodus story. Right. And that's not it at all. That's one part of right, it. Right, correct. But it's really a Wikipedia page or going back a little further, a Cliff Notes book of all of Judaism. It encapsulates right. everything you could possibly want. That's why there's a creative direction you were able to take with the Haggadah. You know, the Behold of Adar, which I just alluded to earlier, you know, where you had so many people from different generations in the picture, and obviously the Makot, you know, which which lends itself, and the songs at the end lend themselves different things. There you had more of a, of a license to be creative because you're not telling a straight story in cartoon or comic form. You're you're really, as you just said, you know, you're, you're, you're um, talking about something that the effects and that and that you know so many different generations are referenced uh, you know in that in that story in that narrative of the Haggadah yeah you raise an interesting point here which is with the Haggadah the challenge was enforcing a narrative on disparate material right. with the Megillah the challenge is taking a story that everybody is intimately familiar with and bringing it to life in a new vivid way and the graphic novel enables you to do that because for the very first time, you're putting the words literally back into the mouths of the people who spoke them. You see the people in their context, in their places, and they are saying the dialogue. And there are plenty of illuminated, uh, illuminated Megillot out there and picture books and everything. And people ask me, what's the difference? And the difference is very simple. As I said before, when you have a picture book, you have the words and pictures side by side. When you have a graphic novel, you have the words and pictures together, inextricably linked, and that adds a whole new dimension. It's the closest thing to being a video in book form. Uh, which is why um, uh, it, it, when you look at this brand new current Tanakh graphic novel, Esther, it can be used as a Megillah. You literally can follow along with the reading of the Megillah by looking you know, page after page of this book. Uh, you could use it as a storybook, right? A 10, 12, 
12, 15-year-old can sit there and, and read it in comic book form, so to speak. And I would, I would argue, and maybe add rather, uh, that you could use it as a storybook. You know, for the three-year-old or four-year-old who wants to know the story of Purim, reading along with the, all the different uh, narratives that you have in each one of these box, you know, cartoon boxes is a great way to tell the story of Purim. Yes, you're right. And that was our intention. Indeed, it is the intention with any of the Jewish graphic novels, particularly the Koren series. And the idea is that each time you revisit it, you gain new insights because the book is filled with depths. Right. And we have, I liken it to a good Bugs Bunny cartoon or a good Simpsons cartoon or Family Guy. Well, Havdel, of course. Uh, of, of, of course, but poor Torah, poor Torah. It's okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah, but it's and, so true. Uh, by the way, what you're saying every time you read the Haggadah. I mean, you can, I know we say this about everything having to do with Torah and our tradition. I get that, but every time you read the uh, Megillah, you just you just learn more and more and more, and you get more and more different insights into you know what the story is all about. Yeah, and I, I actually I, I want to go back to something you alluded to right now. We were joking around. We were talking about God forbid, poo poo poo, secular media influencing Judaism. And what we're doing here, and and I go, uh, it, you said in the beginning of our discussion uh, right now this morning that I'm traveling around. I am indeed on book tour and going to a number of different cities over the next few weeks, culminating with Pesach. And the, um, the, the goal that I have is to be able to show how we can bring things full circle, that Jewish people were uh, intimately responsible for creating a lot of the popular entertainment yep. that people enjoy and how wonderful it is to be able to now take that and bring it full circle to now engage people back in their Yiddishkeit yeah. again. And we need, we need more of that, frankly, in Hollywood and in your industry, et cetera. Uh, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, a lot of people in our community have had a role in creating some really interesting and creative industries. And now we should try to use those industries to, uh, to spread the word about how incredible our tradition and heritage is. That's sure. right. Like like radio, for example, I remember when you began, you were doing all this inappropriate humor. It was just, you know, a boucha. And now look at you. <laughs> Jordan B. Gorfinkel is with us live via telephone as we talk about the brand new Koran Tanakh graphic novel, Esther. Easiest way for people to order the book, Gorf, what would you say? The Koran website is wonderful. And that's probably the best way to not only get it, but get it in time for Purim. And I've been telling people, if for any reason you have challenges or difficulties in getting it in time for Purim, feel free to reach out to me. I'll put you in touch with the right people. You can email me at jewishcartoon at gmail.com. And you can find me on the socials, Instagram in particular and Facebook at Jewish Cartoon. Everything I do is at Jewish Cartoon. That is everything I do in graphic novels. Music is a whole other thing. By the way, uh, someone contacted me recently about their child that wanted to get into your industry. Uh, I, I don't think you mind mentoring or giving advice to those who are, you know, a little bit off the beaten path, so to speak, when it comes to, uh, you know, people in our community who want to explore, you know, cartoon, comics, that whole genre. Am I right about that? Yes, you're absolutely right. And in fact, one of the things that I've been thinking about is creating an incubator or a yeshiva of visual learning, as it were, for students and adults, for anybody really, who engage in Jewish learning and any kind of learning in a way that is not the typical learning by rote. 
memorization and then taking a test, just as the simplest example of that. Right. When I the, the example that I give, the simple example that I give is that when I am learning to lane, which is to say to do Kriyata Torah, to learn the trup, to learn the cantillation. For those who, listeners who are not familiar, uh, many of us are, but just in case, when you read from a Torah scroll, you're not seeing all of the vowels and all of the musical notes. What you're right. seeing is one big slump of text, of egg. words, of letters. <laughs> a lot of egg. That, that just flows through unendingly, right. seemingly unceasingly. And what you have to do is you have to study from a book ahead of time called the Tikkun, which enables you to study it with the with the uh, uh, vowels and the the trop, the, the cantillation, nope. so that you could quote unquote memorize it. Now, when some people memorize it, with people like me who are visual, who see things in terms of pictures, not necessarily words, I'm memorizing the relative position of everything. I'm I'm memorizing the look, the visual look of the of the scroll in front of me. So sometimes when you get to the actual Torah scroll, the original scribe did not put the letters in the same order, the words in the same order as the practice book. Right. Well, I, totally I, 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 would, I, I would say it differently. They, they used a different format. They, they did put it in the same order, just a different format. Yes, correct. Right. Correct. Uh, it, it, the, the way that it appears in columns right. will be different correct. than the way that I particularly studied it. So right. for example, I'm used to seeing uh, the beginning of the Aliyah at the bottom of the page, and it appears at the top of the next column. Correct, right. And I'm totally thrown. And the right. point of all this is that there are people like me who think visually like this, and for them, we are still a small people with right. limited educational capabilities, and we do the best we can, <laughs> but there isn't much in the way of uh, uh, with some notable exceptions of schooling that enables this kind of thinking. And what I would like to be able to do for those like me and for those out there is to be able to provide them with a means of furthering their kind of thinking, because as you can see, we're bringing something very important to the Jewish world and they can help too. Yeah, no question about it. It all comes to life because of the work that you do. All right. We know that Yael Nathan is responsible for the illustrations. Um, uh, you know, that's her area of expertise and what she brings to your incredible team. So nonetheless, I'm going to ask you some of the questions that have to do with the pictures, because I would imagine that you had some uh, input when it came to uh, what um, uh, what so many of these scenes would look like. Do you, do you have the Megillah in front of you or not? Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but believe me, I have it in my head. Yeah, I can only imagine. All right, so you go to page 14 and 15. You have to uh, somehow uh, portray what the party was like, what the party of, uh, and the, not just the party, but the average day in the palace of Ahasuerus was like. Uh, what detail, and you are very detailed in terms of the colors I see that the, uh, uh, that the Megillah refers to and the, and the types of materials that the Megillah refers to uh, in terms of how the palace was dressed up. Um, I mean, are you just looking to you know, illustrate this? And is your illustrator looking to illustrate this simply as accurately as possible? What goes into um, creating a cartoon, photo, a cartoon picture, so to speak, of a scene like that? The process, you're, you're, the answer to your question is twofold. One is what is the process of directing the artwork? And the second question is what kind of reference do you need in order to make the artwork authentic? Right. The answer to the first question is that it all begins with a writer, in this case me, sitting down with the material and needing to decide how to visualize it. 
And I, I did just did this exercise. I was at the uh, Ror Chabad Center in Georgia Tech over mm-hmm. this past weekend. And for Shabbat morning, we sat down, uh, well, afternoon really, we sat down to lunch on Shabbat. And I gave out a handout with two of the psukim, two of the passages. And what I challenged everybody to do is to visualize it. And everybody, all the students began to realize very quickly that you can't gloss over even a syllable when it comes to creating a graphic novel version of this. Every single word needs to be interpreted in its fullest capacity. So you need to think, what what did it look like? What were the textiles? What was the setting? What was the weather? What are people wearing? What are their skin colors? What's their hair color? What's their body type? The columns, the colors. And, right. Everything. There, there's no it's it's a tabla rasa. It's a blank slate to begin with. And one must begin to think about every single possible detail. So when you are a writer in graphic novels, you are a combination of writer, producer, director, set designer, actor. You have to fulfill all these roles and you have to do it in your head until you write it down and then hand it off to the artist. Right. And in this case, I was extraordinarily blessed to have Yael Natan. Uh, an accomplished, one of the very few comic book illustrators and one of the most accomplished in Israel. Israel is a very small country and the comic book industry, the graphic novel industry is even smaller as you can imagine. And she would take the script, which contains a shot description, a description of what to draw and the dialogue and bring it to life. First in a layout where we figure out in rough sketch form all of the different components that need to go into the eventual drawing and then in pencil and then in ink and then it's colored, we add lettering and uh, then you have post-production where editors, including the amazing team at Koren who have access at their fingertips to all of the best scholarship you could ever possibly want reviewing this and bingo, there you go. You have the first graphic novel page amongst many. And then there's the second question, which is, so how do you get the research? And the answer is we work with the experts at Koren, not only on the uh, the shot, the, the specific textual meaning, but also on the perushim, the interpretations, and uh, uh, through the ages, you're starting with the Rishonim, and you go all the way to the Akronim and Rabbi Sachs and everybody else. Did you get, called, I- did you get called out for anything? Did you get called out that you misrepresented something, you know, in a in a cartoon or in a comic form that had to be changed? Yeah, that happens all the time. But really, I wouldn't, it's called, I wouldn't say it's called out. Rather, we're Jews, right? So you you have uh, uh, one pasuk and fifty opinions. No, I so hear that, right? But it's more you have decision making because right. you can't do everything. But, but they're encouraging you to change something because it, it was done with a minority opinion in mind, or it was done with what? Like, why are they encouraging you to change something? Uh, candidly, they are so fantastic to work with because they give me way more freedom than they should. <laughs> Don't tell them I said that. So, are they ever saying to you, change this? Yes, because. I am pushing for it. I want authenticity. Mm-hmm. I know that there are armchair scholars out there by the gazillions, and I want to make sure that when somebody looks at this, the response is, oh, you made a choice based on the source rather than 
you were ignorant of the reality and therefore you made a mistake. Right. Understood. Gorf is with us. Jordan B. Gorfinkel. If you haven't gotten it yet, get it. It's for all ages, literally for all ages. I described earlier the Koran Tanakh graphic novel, Megillat Esther. It's simply called Esther. Uh, Jordan B. Gorfinkel is with us. Finally, I got to ask you the most obvious question, uh, always the most fun question, and that is how the images uh, were, were um, got to the point that they got to. What do I mean? I mean, if you look carefully, uh, one would be very curious, just like the four sons in your Haggadah, one would be very curious how you portrayed, uh, for instance, Achashverosh and Haman. After all, they're two of our favorites to dress up as on Purim, right? <laughs> so some might argue that your Haman does not look mean enough, Gorf, and some might argue that Achashverosh looks even more dastardly than Haman. How do you respond to that? Who would argue? <laughs> I might. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the answer, in it, it, once again, we have two aspects to your question. Uh, the first one is, I based it on the Gemara that says that Ahasuerosh was like a lion and Haman was like a bear. And if you look at the characters, yeah. they have that kind of feel to it. Interesting. And the second, this is this is insider baseball over here. Uh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, baseball is an old game that you play with a stick and a ball. Yeah, with a with a game with a pitch clock. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, now we're getting into it. You're just starting now. Okay. <laughs> the the second part is that evil is banal, and it's very easy to draw the antagonists as mustache twirling characters. Correct. And most of the time, indeed, you see them with mustaches and beards. Correct. I felt that when, and, and this is just my take, there are certainly many legitimate takes, but for this book, I was responsible. So there you go. I felt that if you're going to do a story that has such a serious undertone, because when you get down to it, this is a story of somebody who wanted to perpetrate genocide genocide on the Jewish people. That is a very serious issue. And we dress it up with a lot of fun. We right. dance on their graves. Right. We, we have parties and we uh, yell Haman. Uh, excuse me. We When they say Haman, we uh, make noises and shake the grogger and, and, and make fun. Uh, and indeed, you'll see that we 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 flagged that in two ways in this graphic novel, a bit of a digression. And I challenge the readers, number one, a, a, actually two things. There are two ways that we highlight when Haman's name is said in the text. And readers, I'd like you to find what those two ways are. Anyway, so when you well, have— Well, one is obvious. I'm trying to think what the second one is. There are two ways. One is textual and one is illustrative. And— I felt that we need to to be to sober up at a certain point in the story right. and recognize the ramifications of what would have happened, God forbid, a million times over if Haman had succeeded. Right. And because uh, and, I think that and a very important that, message for today, of course. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I was getting to. That's right. Because one of the reasons that we're taking this modern media of graphic novels and using it to bring Torah back to the masses is because 
it's it, with Marvel movies and and uh, the popularity of superheroes out there. It's obvious that this is the way that our next generation and and for that matter, every generation uh, is uh, is engaging with the world. So if we're going to use this in order to then bring it back, as we said before, and engage with Yiddishkeit, then I think we still need to use it in order to make the central point that uh, the text is trying to make. Phenomenal. And, uh, and I'm trying to do – the reason I'm kind of slowing down and stuttering a little bit is because I'm trying to do this without spoilers. No, I got that. Um, so Esther is portrayed as a pretty simple, dignified Jewish young woman. Is that how the Gemara tells us she was? Well, the, the, the getting out of the Gemara and back into the, 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 the simple text the, for a second – it says that she carried herself with incredible grace, right. that she was the most beautiful woman in the room, but she was the most beautiful woman in the room not only because of her exterior, but because of her interior also. Right. And there are Mephorashim that say that, in fact, she wasn't so physically attractive, but it was because of the way that she interacted with people that you meet her and she immediately right. warms you up and, and lights up the room. What, how do you draw a person like that? And, and, the, and the bigger challenge was... Ahasuerus has a beauty contest. Right, he has the most incredibly. Um, right, you have to, you have to, women. you have to assume all the starlets were there, right? Yeah, very well, well put. How do you then make Esther stand out? Right, and I, you'll, you'll have to pick up the book yeah. and find out how we addressed it. And finally, I mean, just you know, the, don't think I didn't notice, but Mordechai, boy, does he age pretty quickly in your book. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mordechai is an interesting challenge because figuring out his chronology is a little challenging. Right. We know that he was part of the exodus of Yehoniah Melech Yehuda, uh, the, 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 the king of the, the Judah kingdom of Israel, right. uh, a few years before the mass um, deportation. Right. And we also know that he is the uncle to Esther, and he's therefore older. And we know that many years have passed since the Jews have been in Paras and Madai, the kingdom of, or the empire of Persia. So how old is this guy? Right. 120 years old? He can't be 120. He's got, he's still a vibrant guy. So well, we early, to, early on, you portray him in his thirties and then it looks like he's, you know, becoming an 80 year old pretty quickly. You, well, that's because a lot of time has passed. Right. Uh, it, for example, what I, I'm not going to give give this away, but folks, look up. How long does the story take place between the time that Esther is anointed queen and the time that she finally confronts Haman? How much time has passed? Is it days, months, years? These are questions that we had to answer and work out, and we had to reconcile it with his with history. Uh, and I won't get into it. We don't have time. But even you asked before, and we never really got into it. So the Megillah lists all the various different aspects, the uh, physical attributes of the party, uh, the couches they sat on, right. gold and silver. All the decorations. And, right. Even the flooring, right. the, the onyx textiles or tiles, all this sort of stuff. And, uh, and how do we know exactly what that looks like? Well, we, we have to use partly the source text. We have to use partly our imagination, but we can also use historical evidence. We have archaeology. We know, for example, that the palace 
of Shushan, of Susa, as they call it in English or whatever language that's from. Uh, we know that that no longer exists, but we do have the ruins of Persepolis, and Persepolis was based on the palace at Shushan. It followed it. So we can look at what survived there and extrapolate what the palace of Shushan might have looked like. And therefore, when we draw it in the uh, in the Bikilat Esther, in the Koran Bikilat Esther graphic novel, we have a reasonable amount of authenticity. Amazing. Look, it's an incredible effort. I can only imagine how long this project took, but it's it's really fantastic. And I'm highly recommending everybody, a very highly recommending the Magerman edition Koren Tanakh graphic novel, Esther. Jordan B. Gorfinkel, he, he leads the team. Yael Nathan, as you heard, the illustrator. And everyone together does a brilliant job. And a lot of work and a lot of people went into this project. I'm highly recommending it. Go to uh, jewishcartoon.com. Go to jewishcartoon.com. Go to korenpub.com. K-O-R-E-N-pub.com. For information and to order the book and to add this to your uh, library for this coming Purim. And again, whether you're using it to follow the Megillah using it for a three-year-old to tell them the story of Purim, using it as a gift for a teenager because they'll love going through this and, and looking at the uh, illustrations as they read the story of the Megillah. Uh, whatever purpose uh, you are, um, uh, you're purchasing it for, uh, trust me, you'll be happy you've gotten it. It really is for all ages, for all the reasons I just mentioned, and we're highly recommending it. Gorf, I wish you a mazal tov and continued hatzlacha. And uh, what can I say? You've, you've heard my enthusiasm. I'm so thrilled that uh, this project came out the way it did. Congratulations. Congratulations, sir. Thank you very much. And on a personal note, uh, listeners, Nachum and I go back a lot of years here. <laughs> not, not so many that we're going to put a number to it, but a lot of years. And Nachum, I got to tell you, I speak to a lot of people these days, Baruch Hashem, but it's like coming home. I Thank mean, the, I, I referred before about, you know, carrying with grace and uh, you may not look anything like Esther. In fact, you have a slight <laughs> resemblance to Achashvei. My mother was named after Queen Esther. She was born. She, she was amazing. She was born on the twelfth of Adar, and uh, and they named her after Queen Esther. Oh, that's funny because the Chabad family that I was staying with, their uh, their daughter Esther was the only one that was not home this weekend. So there was a real irony there. <laughs> but my point is that maybe, you maybe she was in Persia. Yourself. Yeah, right. Um, well, it was a feast, so there, <laughs> there was that. Uh, apropos. Uh, but I was going to say, uh, you carry yourself with grace, and you do such marvelous things for the Jewish people, and you're a dear friend. It's such a pleasure to be here. And uh, and, and the only other thing I can say is, uh, as we head from Purim to Pesach, and we transition, let me just mention quickly that I am also still into Jewish music. We didn't describe discuss that at all, but I am uh, the co-director with Eitan Rubin and our president, David Abramowitz, of the Y Studs and Kol Zimra, and oh, we nice. are coming out with a Pesach music video God willing, this year. So keep an eye out for that. And if you're looking for a cappella for your simcha or a fantastic concert experience, ystuds.com, colzimra.com. Phenomenal. Thank you, Gorf. Send us that uh, audio for the Pesach one as soon as you can. And uh, we look forward to it. And again, congratulations on the brand new Esther Koren Tanakh graphic novel. Thank you. And look for more because Koren and I are going to be embarking on many, many more projects together. This is only the beginning. Oh, what can he be doing next? I got to think <laughs> about this. Thanks so much, Gorf. More coming up. That was Jordan B. Gorfinkel, folks. Great interview. A wonderful, wonderful brand new publication. Check it out. JewishCartoon.com, KorenPub.com. And you're listening to JM in the AM. I hate the mice, the 
complete our tour of the camp. And if you like, I'll walk you back to the headquarters building. Oh, yes, thank you, General Berkowitz. You know, it certainly has been a very fulfilling experience here visiting with your troops. I'm, I'm certain my readers will be as impressed as I am with the discipline and precision with which this camp is run, especially since it's an army made up basically of civilians. Thank you, Mr. Campbell. It's always a pleasure showing a member of the press around. Yeah, well, oh, General, uh, excuse me, I, I guess you didn't notice that guard. The, the private we just walked past didn't salute you. He didn't what? He didn't salute me? <laughs> no, General, he, he didn't. Well, we'll see about that. Soldier, is it true that when I just passed you, that you didn't salute me? That's right, I didn't salute you. What's the matter, Mendel? You're mad at me. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Those incredible comedy segments. J.M. and A.M., good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. Final day of February, seventh day in the month of Adar, yard site of Moshe Rabbeinu. Those of you who uh, do not receive our daily email, our daily thread, and or our weekly newsletter, simply write to Avrami. He'll make sure you get onto that list ASAP. Uh, AF at NahumSiegel.com. Again, that's AF at NahumSiegel.com. Simple as that. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Oh, someone requested the uh, new Ari Goldwag selection. Um, someone requested the brand new Ari Goldwag selection, which is entitled... Uh, be Yerushalayim. Uh, we'll get to that next song or two. We'll get it on the air for you here at JM and the AM. We'll do our best. Big thank you to our friends at A&H. Those of you who have not tried the Abel's and Hyman Knockwurst, I'm going to make a recommendation that you will not regret. If you follow through on this recommendation, you will not regret it. The A&H Abel's and Hyman Knockwurst is incredible. If you like hot dogs, if you love hot dogs, which I happen to be a big fan of hot dogs, you will absolutely love this. Boil up the Knockwurst, toss it into a bun, some sweet relish or barbecue sauce. If you want to go with the traditional mustard or sauerkraut, no problem. Or, by the way, you can put all four of them on if you want. <laughs> and you're all set with literally all set with an incredibly delicious meal. That's really It's really all about that. I'm telling you. Uh, I ain't kidding. I know, I know, I know about what I speak. Let me tell you, uh, so a big thank you to our friends at A&H. Go to kosherdogs.net, kosherdogs.net. Enjoy 10% discount with promo code radio. Try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. More coming up quarter before the hour on a uh, Tuesday here at JM in the AM. Lord, if I hate cloud. Lord, Via Yikalo, the Fahi Cloud. 
Yeah. 
It's Ari Goldwag, brand new by request with Birushalayim here on a JM in the AM Tuesday. A Yoel Weiss before that, brand new with Lola Fache. We played that earlier. It's a great song. Lipa is going to wrap things up for us. A brand new song entitled Hoshana's Purim. That's what it's called, Hoshana's Purim. And um, And uh, there you go. Coming up at uh, 9 o'clock, it is Rabbi David Hertzberg, Israel at 75, five minutes away from yet another very interesting and fascinating discussion regarding the modern state of Israel and modern Jewish history. That's all coming up uh, five minutes from now right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure to be tuned in for that. And... um, JM Rewind has been moved to Wednesdays, as you know, so my Hertzberg segment can be on on Tuesday. So make sure to be tuned in for JM Rewind tomorrow. Live Lunch with Avrami starts at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Live Lunch with Avrami starts at 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Again, Live Lunch with Avrami, 11 a.m. Eastern Time today, Tuesday, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Bring it on the loop. Bring it on the loop. Bring it on the loop. Oh, she always saw me. 
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard our listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and alchemsegal.com on the alchemsegal network. And of course, anybody love it, NSN app. Wraps up an amazing uh, Tuesday here at JMN. Big thank you to Gorf. Big thank you to Elliot Weiselberg. Thanks all of you for tuning in. Um, tomorrow morning we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Rabbi David Hertzberg is next. Israel at 75. Avrami at 11 a.m. with a live lunch. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Tell tomorrow, Malcolm Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.